You're listening to the Remax Hustle Podcast, brought to you by Remax of Western Canada. Well, hi there, and welcome to the Remax Hustle Podcast. My name is Wade Patterson. I'm a franchise development consultant with Remax of Western Canada, and I'm your host for this audio experience. The Remax Hustle Podcast is all about providing you with value by leveraging the knowledge and expertise of our Remax network. On this episode, I'm joined by Tim Hill of Remax All Points Realty in New Westminster, BC. Tim began his real estate career in 2008 and joined Remax in 2013. Tim has been a Chairman's Club producing agent every year since 2017, and in 2020, he earned his Remax Lifetime Achievement Award. Beyond real estate success, Tim gives back to several charitable causes and is one of our Young Leaders Network ambassadors for the Lower Mainland. Tim, welcome to the Remax Hustle podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Wade. I appreciate it. Yeah, really excited to have this conversation. And I always like to start with kind of the origin story. So how did you get into the real estate industry? I mean, was it a career that you always had your eye on or what essentially led you down that path? Well, I should ask you how much time you have. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> hey, it's um, as long as we want to go, my friend. Yeah, no, I mean, really what it was is I always wanted to be in business. That was the core of what got me into real estate. And in the shortest form, one of my neighbors, as I was growing up, he was a realtor. And he's the one that suggested to me while I was doing post-secondary, just taking small business management and marketing classes. I was really trying to find my own, to be quite honest. I was uh, at 18, so it was right out of high school. And so kind of looking forward, I've always thought ahead, which was, I think, a, a lucky thing for me today. And so I, I took his advice when he said, you know what, I think you'd be good at real estate. And I thought I would just dive in and give myself a chance instead of sitting in a classroom for four or five years and hoping something would work out or even knowing if what I finished as a degree was what I wanted to be doing. Um, so I had to give myself a three-year plan, a five-year plan um, for entering real estate and said if I was happy at year five, that I would stick into it. And now we're 13, I think, in yeah, 2008 to 2021 and just have really, I mean, kept going. So when the neighbor said that to you, I mean, what what about it did like resonated? What like did you kind of observe the lifestyle or um, just the the high upside opportunity? What appealed to you at that time? The funny thing about it is, I say that because I was so green that I didn't know what I was getting myself into. That's probably why I was crazy enough to start the business. To be totally <laughs> honest, um, it was other than knowing I wanted to be in business and him saying, "Hey, you know what? This is a great business." We've chatted a lot throughout the years, but in the early stages, I pretty much just dove in. I think it was probably a reckless move at the time. I uh, signed up for the course, took the full year to do it. And when I got in, I mean, I'd still never owned real estate. Uh, (laughs) Really, no one around me had purchased or sold that was uh, in close proximity either. So I was just getting into it and figuring out as I went. So in those early years, diving in the deep end, at what point did you realize or did you kind of have that assurance of like, okay, I'm going to make it (laughs) like, it's going to be okay. Did that, did that take (laughs) months? Did that take years? For for me, it was years, actually. It, it took me until year four that I finally felt comfortable. Um, keeping in mind, I started in a downturn market, uh, which I do credit to today's success though, because I was told at that time, if you can make it now, you'll make it in any market. And that really is the truth. 
Um, so I mean, 2008, 2009, 2010, um, they weren't great years by any means. It, it really took a while. I don't think the market picked up too much in our in our areas until 2013. Um, but by year four, and I hadn't done a lot of deals in my first few years. That's uh, something that not a lot of people know, but I really didn't. Um, I just I just kept working um, and and really just waited for it to pay off uh, because it happened to ha- happen before my five year plan, which was which was also a fortunate thing. But by year four, the few people I had started helping in the early stages of my career, they were starting to now pass my name along a little bit and also starting to move again. Um, so that started that cycle. So you started your career in real estate with another brand in 2008, then switched to Remax in 2013. Why did you make that change and why have you stayed with Remax since? Well, for me, the change initially happened because I was doing the majority of my business in New Westminster and my previous affiliation was based in Coquitlam. Um, At the time, I went there because of uh, the training that they were offering to me as a new agent. I really liked the managing broker at the time as well. And um, it was just it was a good sort of family fit. Um, So when I moved over and was doing more business in New West and finally started being able to leverage a brand against my name as well. That was really what got me there, if you will. Staying here has been a lot to do with the Remax family. Uh, a lot of the conferences, the connections that I've made, uh, I just feel like my roots are here and, and I fit really well into the scheme of things. And so from a financial standpoint, you've achieved a level of success that's not only rare in the industry, but really rare for somebody your age. How have you managed to grow your business to the level that you have? It's all client service. I think that's the number one thing. Um, When I sit down with a new potential client, I tell them there's two things you're going to get from me, uh, an amazing customer service and uh, high level communication. If that works for you, I'm your guy. Um, The rest of the things, I mean, we can all do the fancy schmancy marketing as long as you're willing to spend the money, right? Which I think you should. I think that's a no brainer. Um, But it's just really putting your clients first. Um, And that's been my motto, really, in a nutshell. So has that then, like what percentage of your business has come through kind of repeat referral? Is that the majority? So 2020, uh, I was 97% warm uh, closings. So whether it was a past client, a referral from a past client, or a referral from another realtor. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. I just want to take it further and really get kind of granular here because, I mean, I agree. I mean, customer service, client service, uh, communication, such important. But like, let's talk about your typical day and really break it down for, especially maybe some newer agents who are new to the business, Mm -hmm. who are listening, who are wondering, okay, where should I be focusing my time or prioritizing my time on that kind of thing? So what does your typical day look like? How do you structure it? Uh, Well, it it is quite routine oriented. Um, I'm big on that. If I don't have structure, uh, I'll fall apart at the seams. Uh, I'm big on lists. So um, one of the first things I do in the morning, I call it the today list because we all have a to-do list. The to-do list never ends. Uh, It just really (laughs) doesn't, right? There's things that that can wait until tomorrow or next week. So it's focusing on, you know, what are my big items? What are my small items? What has to be accomplished today? I mean, everything from if you know you're writing an offer, maybe you prepped that earlier in the day so it's ready, even if you have to input the price or a date later on, uh, because then you've got the core of it ready to go for when the client gives you the final instructions, especially in the market that we, we've been in where you're afraid multiple offers uh, typically at a certain time that they're due. It's really just understanding what are you going to accomplish today um, and, and what can wait until tomorrow. So I'm looking at my to-do list right now and thinking with that, it's just structure. 
Um, and so maybe this comes slightly off of the each day plan, but I have set items in my calendar that are every week. So follow-ups for my buyer leads, follow-up for my listings. That's part of the communication program that each listing goes on so that way they know that they're going to hear from me and it's consistent. So they're not calling me going, well, where have you been, right? What have you been doing to sell my home? And we have to keep in mind that the market that we've been in this year, it's not a normal market. Right. A home doesn't always sell in one week. You have to learn to be married to a client for six months. And how do you keep them happy? Right. How do they not fire you? Um, because not every sale happens as quickly as, as they have. Interested in learning more about a career in real estate? Head over to joinremax.ca. Well, one of the best questions I think we've been asked. So we, you know, once a month, roughly, do this kickstart training for all of our new sales associates. It used to be called sales associate orientation. And every time we have a top producer panel and one of the best questions I ever heard on that top producer panel from someone who was an attendee of the session was if you could go back to day one and and you, Tim, you mentioned those first couple of years that were a little bit of uncertainty, a little bit of a struggle. So having the knowledge you have now, if you could go back to day one and change one thing in your business, what would that be? I think it would be not to be afraid, actually. One of the toughest things in the early years is spending money on your business. Um, It's kind of like educating yourself. You've got to spend some money to get the education to make yourself better. Um, You have to spend money on your business to help it grow. Um, It's not just going to grow completely organically. You do have to reinvest in your business. And in the early stages, when there's not a lot coming through the door, it's harder to make those reinvestments. But if I were to go back, I would have dove into some of my marketing plans a lot earlier, which I'm sure would have increased the the speed for, for growing my business without a doubt. That would probably be the biggest thing. Just it is a business. Uh, you've got to put money into it to uh, to get money out of it. And specifically for you, what have been some of the best marketing vehicles uh, in terms of ROI? I mean, I've tried almost everything. (laughs) There's no (laughs) doubt about that. Um, I still go back to spending money on your past clients. So one of the things that I'm a firm believer in is it costs you less to retain a client and keep them happy than it does to acquire a new client, no matter how you're acquiring them, social media marketing, farm marketing. Uh, newspaper ads, whatever it might be, those are going to cost you more per client to acquire than just to keep your current clients happy. So I make sure that all my clients hear from me. Um, they all get my monthly newsletter. When we could have client appreciation parties, I was doing that as well. Um, they hear from me on their birthday. They hear from me on their home anniversary. There's a lot of stuff that you can do even for free, right? With that, it's just the time and really scheduling it. So you know, I'd say being a master of your calendar is also really helpful. Um, that's one of the big things that keeps me on track. And one of the things we were chatting about before we hit record was this topic of burnout, which I think, you know, this year, like you said, it's maybe been a year that's not like others. And with that, a lot of people have been having some of their most successful years ever, yet there's this there's this burnout struggle as well, where maybe they don't feel completely happy, even though they're making the money. It's just that the balance is out of whack. So how do you personally ensure that you kind of have that healthy balance of a work work and lifestyle? You know, it's it's a work in progress. Absolutely. That, that's the thing. You do have to make sure that you do make time for yourself. 
Um, I'm not going to sit here and lie and tell you that I've been great at that. Uh, I have my roller coaster rides too, especially with this market that we were in this year. Um, it was like the blinders were on and you just couldn't stop. I felt like you didn't have a choice to stop, to be quite honest, unless you had a proper team behind you or um, having having the those things in place before the market got there, right? And that, that's the other thing that people don't always realize is you need the support throughout the year, not just in the busy times, right? You can't have someone helping you with admin only when you're busy. And then when you're slow, get rid of them. Again, in the slower times, you're going to, be able to increase your business if you're working more efficiently with that help. Um, so, I mean, the, the tips I guess I would give though, which like I said, I'm, I'm not perfect with it though, but um, it is setting boundaries. That would be the big one. Um, for me, at least, I do have my phone going on DND, do not disturb at set times. So, you're not going to be able to reach me between 10 p.m. and 7 a.m. And I've said for years that it really should be more like 9 p.m., I mean, even really 8 p.m. But I do have that as a hard deadline. I will still work after those hours some nights because you just, I feel like you have no choice um, with emails, but a lot of times we'll set them so that way they get sent out in the morning, right? Um, because the boundary with the client I find is if you reply to a client at any hour, <clears throat> they're going to expect that you'll continue to reply to them at any hour, right? Um, and I also have really worked on training the client to work the way that we want to work. So how they make inquiries on listings uh, that they want to see, how they book their showings and, and utilizing my admin support to allow me to be in front of a client and not be looking at my phone. Uh, same with when a listing request comes in, how that seller uh, finds out about it for their showing request and uh, how we communicate with them. Again, that way it's not all on my shoulders. And I mean, if you can uh, find someone to work alongside with, uh, whatever type of relationship that is. Uh, if it's two individual agents, someone that can uh, have your back on a certain day of the week where your clients know that they're going to take care of things for you um, or something that I'm sort of starting to work on now is, uh, is building a, a team. Uh, and that way I can have some personal time and uh, get that get that mental rest that I think we all need and, and try to find the uh, that magic word of balance. And then on the other side of it, it's kind of going in opposite direction. So we talk about balance, but then on the other side, especially for those maybe newer to the business is the idea of progress. And you are someone who is consistently, I mean, you, you've constantly raised the bar in terms of commissions and, and earnings every year and growth. So how does your goal setting process work? I mean, is that something that you visit once a year and you set targets or what has worked for you? Um, my main goal setting is annual. So late November, early December, uh, looking at the year ahead. And that's where when you asked earlier about where my business came from and it was 97% warm clients, that was that analyzing or the analyzation. And to me, even I was blown away by that. I didn't realize it was that heavy on that side, which is phenomenal, like super happy with it. Um, but yeah, you have to look into your business. So doing it annually for me, what I try to look at is what worked the prior year, what didn't work, and you know what do we want to do more of? So if you take that time to step out of your day-to-day -day business and what my business coach always calls it, the CEO of your business, right? Be the CEO and look at it. And 
how do you want to see it move forward? Now, um, I do like to break things down further than that too. I don't sit down for goal setting quarterly, but I look at my business quarterly and try to determine where do I want to go. Um, I think you do have to do it more often than annually because otherwise you've got this one big giant goal. And to me, 12 months is a long time, right? You could be looking at that goal sitting behind it or in front of it and get complacent really easy because you've got so much time ahead of you, at least in my opinion. And I know that one of my busiest years ever, I had the slowest first quarter I'd ever had too. <laughs> so that was interesting. Uh, ironically, I, I came back from R4 fired up on a Sunday and started making phone calls Sunday evening. And uh, from there on out, that was 2017 actually. And, uh, and that year turned out to be phenomenal. I love it. And and you mentioned there a business coach. So how important has that been to your success? And at what point did you implement uh, using a, a business coach or mentorship? Um, so when I moved over to the Remax All Points, one of, well, actually, I don't think he was an owner yet. I think he was in the process of being an, becoming an owner. Um, but coaching was actually part of their program. Um, so at that point, I didn't realize how important it was. And I'd say the, what I really didn't realize is how important it was to look at your business regularly. Um, and again, what are you doing? What's working? What do you need to do? Um, and, and just writing that down because I am a big list person. So that was it. Yeah. So that was in 2013 when that started. And, you know, there's a few things that I think everyone really does need. You need someone to talk to even if it's just a colleague, right? Or a coach, but you need someone to talk to about your business. And uh, generally your significant other has heard enough about real estate. So they don't, they don't <laughs> want to, uh, you know, they want to talk to you about other things for sure. Um, and, and so just, yeah, ha having, having a coach there was, uh, was definitely a big, big shift for me. It helped me finally start being the CEO of my business and not just running around like a chicken with my head cut off. The last thing I want to touch on before we wrap this, Tim, is the fact that you're one of our Remax Young Leaders Network ambassadors. And so for the audience members listening who maybe haven't heard of this, the Young Leaders Network is within Remax. It's for agents who are 40 years old and younger. And it's basically a closed Facebook group. And we also have in-person events when those are permitted. Why do you think it's beneficial for agents in that age category to consider joining? Well, I think it's a, it's a it's a big space for us to share information together and and grow as realtors that are you know a, a different generation, if you will. Um, when I did start selling real estate, uh, I was nineteen, <laughs> so I was <laughs> I was young, um, and you know there was just no one else in the business that I could relate to at that time. And I found that now with having the Young Leaders Network, we do have a space where we can talk to people that were more similar to, right? And grow the business together. Um, I love the fact also that, you know, we're in all sorts of different markets, so we can talk about things openly and freely and people don't feel like it's a competitive environment either. It's not like, oh, I've got the magic secret um, and I won't tell it to you. And being in different markets too, it enables us when markets are shifting to have conversations around when that happened in my market, what someone else is going through now because they go to go through their cycles. Well, Tim, this has been an awesome conversation. And since it is the Remax Hustle podcast, we like to end every episode with what we call a hustle tip. So Tim, what's your Remax Hustle tip for accomplishing a task when you need to get something done? Just rip the bandit off. 
Love it's it. It's as simple <laughs> as that. Yeah, honestly, I find it takes up too much real estate in your head if you don't just get it done. Yeah, and that coincides. I've heard this a couple of times of of the idea of get the hardest thing that you're going to do in a day, do it first. But I haven't heard the term rip the Band-Aid off, so I really like that, that one, that way of describing it. <laughs> so thanks so much, Tim, for taking the time to share your knowledge on this episode of the Remax Hustle podcast. Absolutely, no, thanks for having me. And that's all for this episode. We hope you took away an idea or strategy to help grow your business and perhaps most importantly, allow you to continue that Remax Hustle. We'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Remax Hustle podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and rate this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from.